2: And welcome to the Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and uh, we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Xenomedia, and, of course, Simul Radio and Simul TV. If you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And on Simul TV to watch the X TV channel, which is Channel 21 on Simul TV, www.simultv.com. X Zone Nation. My guest this hour is Jim Vieira. Did I say that right, Jim?
3: Uh Vieira, like Viera. Meredith Vieira. Okay,
2: <laughs> Vieira is a stonemason, author, explorer, and host of the History Channel's shows uh, "Search for the Lost Giants" that uh, aired in 2014. Roanoke, Search for the Lost Colony in 2015, and Return to Oanoke, Search for the Seven in 2016. James is the co-author of Giants on Record with Hugh Newman. Jim has investigated worldwide ancient stone sites, studied global indigenous oral traditions, religions, uh, religious documents, the readings of the great mystic, and the literature of secret societies to form an alternative theory regarding the origins of civilization. A theory almost in perfect alignment with the readings of the famed sleeping prophet, Edgar Cayce. If you'd like to get more information on Jim, his uh, Facebook pages, facebook.com forward slash Giants on Record. And Jim, welcome to the X-Zone.
3: Thanks for having me, Rob. I greatly appreciate it.
2: Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, tell us, how did you get involved in this line of uh, fascination?
3: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. It, um it was a tumble down the rabbit hole that was unintended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a stonemason by trade. My brother is also a stonemason and we're avid hikers and antiquarians and historians. And um, I always had a fascination with uh, stone structures mm-hmm. and stuff we would find in the woods here in Massachusetts, New England. i uh, didn't really uh, fit the context that they were colonial. <clears throat> um, archaeologists don't really allow for Native American stonework in the past to exist in New England, <clears throat> although other places in the country obviously have yeah. Native American stonework. So, um, and you know, by virtue of investigating that mystery and a lot of the things we found in the woods, I started to read through town and county histories looking for accounts of settlers showing up and identifying Native American stonework that pre-existed, which, which I did and my mm-hmm. brother did too. But I also started to stumble across these really strange accounts of giant skeletons unearthed by scientists of the time in the 1800s and early 1900s, uh, very well-respected individuals, you know, just, uh, it started to catch my attention. The, uh, anatomical measurements of a stationary object in an era of inefficient communication, uh, noting the same kind of strange anatomic anomalies like massive jaw bones and double mm-hmm. rows of teeth. So my investigative mind took over and I, um, spent probably over 10 years, um, investigating, writing the book that me and my co-author Hugh Newman did, and I just uh, fell down the rabbit hole, and here I am.
2: Let me ask you, speaking about giants, what are the North American legends
3: concerning giants? Oh, that's a good question. Um, The Native Americans have these two stories Mm -hmm. uh, when you talk about giants, around the world, too. Uh, There are like a benevolent uh, race or um, individuals who are giant-sized who showed up after the flood to re-promulgate civilization? They're the the Varicoches and the uh, the the beings from the first time who show up in Egypt, and they are the uh, Tuatha De Danann, these mystical beings who show up in the British Isles after the Great Flood, and uh, in the United States, uh, there were a benevolent, like a royal class of Native Americans who, um, you know, organized society. They, they were were the wisdom keepers and the shamans. And in mm-hmm. fact, you could see, uh, you know, in, in my book, we have a chapter on, on, uh, the, uh, native legends. And right up until basically the contact period, all the early explorers encountered absolutely enormous giant chiefs like Tuscaloosa and Alabama eight foot tall. And the natives also had legends of a malevolent race, uh, portrayed as often cannibalistic red haired, um, especially out in the Southwest, uh, portion of the country so virtually every tribe around the country has oral traditions that are steeped in lore about giants mm. and an ancient race and little people too uh, if you can believe that and all the native elders met together in the late 1990s organized um, by vine Deloria, the Lakota Sioux elder to share the indigenous information about giants and little people that all these native tribes had. So just right there is a huge point of, of, of emphasis I would make. It's like all these um, distant lineages and, and tribes that have tons of integrity are basically telling, uh, you know, the science fiction story about the past about giants and little people and mm-hmm. great floods. But science is starting to catch up to a lot of these uh, mythical ideas. So, where
2: did these giants go? How come they don't roam the earth today?
3: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different theories um, that atmospheric conditions were different in the past. Mm-hmm. We had megafauna and mega flora. The Pleistocene era went on, I believe, for about 2 million years, and it, it ended abruptly with the cataclysm 12,900 years ago. And at the time, it was a really strange era where there was beavers as big as, you know, Volkswagen bugs, there was um, uh, huge lizards and, mm-hmm. and, and giant sloths and, and different kinds of, of um, flora and fauna that existed. And then the cataclysm, the Younger Dryas Impacts events that occurred 12,900 years ago when you know, there was a cometary impact on the ice sheet of North America that abruptly, um, you know, caused a cataclysm and we dipped into another 1,200-year mini ice age. You know, the point being that the the, um, the atmospheric conditions changed. If if your audience is familiar with the work of uh, Emmanuel Velikovsky, Worlds in Collision, or David Talbot, there's a lot of evidence that atmospheric conditions were different in the past. And actually, uh, humans were just always, you know, small prototypes. Like we go back and we think of Lucy 7 million years ago, that mm. in the uh, late Pleistocene, 15, 20, 50,000 years ago, there were purported to be giant humans and even after the flood some existed and uh, I guess to answer your question fully if you go into Patagonia in the 1500s and 1600s uh, and who the early explorers met they met would would be considered giant people like sometimes up to nine feet tall in Mexico all the early explorers you can name uh, encountered giant humans and and they all the chronicles wrote about them De Soto Coronado you know, Vespucci, but then again, you know, like 90% of native uh, populations were wiped out by disease and warfare and colonialism.
2: Besides the oral traditions of the uh, giants, is there any, any um, archaeological evidence to substantiate these claims?
3: There's archaeological evidence certainly to substantiate uh, an anthropological mystery, That from Patagonia to Virginia to other places around our country, that like by the Smithsonian's own scientists, for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, an enormous amount of seven foot and tall skeletons were unearthed in the burial mounds in the United States, Native American burial mounds, well beyond the normal population's incidence of of seven foot tall individuals. You say, oh, seven foot, that's not a giant. We got plenty of seven NBA players Mm -hmm. that are that tall. but. There is an anthropological mystery, no question about it. That's been essentially proven that you you just have um, like a royal class, if you will, that that is just vastly more uh, just taller than a normal population now. But Jim, now, how if, is if, it, but
2: Jim? If the if the Smithsonian scientists are saying that these giants were found in the mounds, where are the skeletons?
3: Well, the Smithsonian's own records um, have you know numerous accounts. 1873 36 inch skull that is measured Mm -hmm. by Thomas Perrin oh yeah all kinds of seven foot eight seven foot ten basically um, we are told by the Smithsonian that you know that I don't really know what they would I've never got like an official you know like these guys didn't know how to measure or work a tape measure or something like that I think it's just considered a silly idea a religious idea um, it's in their own records, there are anthropological and archaeological heads of mm-hmm. institutions that reported uh, absolutely enormous skeletons mm-hmm. as well. I, I just think it's um, one of those things where it's in the historical record and it's just uh, an idea that's derided and marked even though it's right there kind of in plain sight. And the analogy I would make is like the Clovis barrier, the idea that Nobody entered the United States and North America till about 13,000 years ago, which we know now that that barrier has been shattered. And it took like 90 years to overturn that mm-hmm. that dogmatic paradigm. All right. Uh, and if,
2: Jim, yep. we've got to take our first break. Please stand by. Nation. Jim sure. Vieira is our special guest this hour. His uh, Facebook page is Giants on Record. And uh, Jim and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Jim Vier is our special guest this hour at stone nation. Facebook.com forward slash giants on record. Jim, how come there are prehistoric dinosaur bones recreated, you know, put together, to, you know, and you can actually see the skeletons? You can actually match the skeletal remains with the scientific evidence. How come there is no skeletal remains anywhere of the giants, if in fact That's,
3: they were, did exist? Yeah. <clears throat> That's a very good question. Um, you know, dinosaurs aren't considered um, a controversial idea, maybe by some. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but but you know, most people just understand that they roamed the earth and what they were all about. Uh, there was this war between science and religion in the late 1800s that you know science walked away the victor. And religious ideas like a great flood, uh, giants, and, you know, a lost world, they basically um, got marginalized. And the idea of the supernatural also, uh, you know, scientific rationalism and the Cartesian model mm-hmm. took over, I think, with, you know, to a fault. Um, but the idea of giants has always been considered a religious idea or a, um, <clears throat> you know, just a um, an idea that is – is is. Driven by uh, fanatics, or you know, just myth and legend and fantasy. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, if you read through, if you immerse yourself in the literature, and the accounts, and the specific nature of them, you know, thousands of them I've read through. Mm-hmm. Things like uh, there's a nine foot skeleton in Iowa in this town. You know, uh, the the doctor wired it together. The town is a buzz. They got a picture of it. The new, you know, there's a newspaper. Of men there and. I, over and over again, you, you hear these stories, and and then there is nothing to be found for the remains, or they get repatriated. It's it's a really um, it's a vexing uh, thing to investigate, that's for sure.
2: All right, I can understand that, but how come there have been no finds in current time where that could not be done? That the media would be abuzz with it. You know, you'd have scientists climbing there. The internet would be a buzz. It wouldn't. You'd not. You would not be able to hide the fact that this giant does in fact exist. How come this yeah. isn't happening? Uh,
3: you know, th- there's been um, finds that are you know, seven foot eight in Iraq, seven foot six in China, uh, on the 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 edge of of um, you know what's considered normal human range that have been found recently. You know, I would say. It's a matter of, uh, you know, wait for the evidence to show up. Don't, you know, talk about some conspiracy. A lot of people dive into that, like, oh, there's this vast conspiracy to cover this up. And it's like, I work with professionals all the time. And I'm like, that's that's just impossible. You can't cover up, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all this stuff around the world. And and academics don't, you know, act in concert to to like um, cover up evidence you know, I'd say there aren't the excavations that took place when all the explorers showed up in the United States and unearthed all these burial mounds. Those things don't really occur anymore. But to your point, you know, you would assume at some point somebody's going to be, you know, digging into um, a foundation and unearth an ancient tomb. And you would, uh, you know, I'm not a believer in academic cover-ups for sure. And it's just one of those uh, vexing things about the, um, you know, the mystery of giants
2: you're, you're not a believer of uh, academic coverups.
3: No, I just, well, you know, I work with professionals. I'm friends with archaeologists and yeah. anthropologists and biologists. And, uh, I just, um, I believe that science is very, very, very slow to react. Uh, when you go to the doctor and you, your appendix bursts on the table, thank God they could take out your appendix, but I don't You know, there's not a holistic approach in Western medicine, for instance. They don't tell you to um, do all these things for a a holistic orientation towards your health. And the same thing with the sciences. They don't um, they don't introduce ideas like, you know, of the mystics or um, religious documents, oral traditions from indigenous peoples aren't used as evidence. We've thrown out like 10,000 years of evidence. Uh, so, So there's a non holistic approach. So science can really uh ignore large amounts of evidence for like geological cataclysms great floods you know things like that um i i don't believe you know i believe science is uh limited in its scope mm-hmm. and has a lot of errors but i don't believe in the, you know some kind of vast conspiracy though
2: well then how can we say that if uh, one of the best-selling books in the world talks about giants, and I'm talking about the Bible. You know, the ne- <laughs> Nephilim, those who, you know, the the giants of old who who made or laid with the fair maidens of earth, you know, and, and what about um, David and Goliath? How do we explain that? How can we say, all right, we believe what the Bible says with no evidence whatsoever. But that's got to be true because it's the Bible, and yet when it comes to the suppression of information, and there are several examples where academia has, has been flinging the crap to the wall for eons. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't trust academia because... I
3: uh, know that, yeah.
2: You know, let's take a look at who discovered North America. Oh, Christopher Columbus. Amp eh, wrong. You know, he didn't discover the Americas. The Vikings did. Mm-hmm. You know, so how can we trust anything that science history archaeology or any of the other so-called sciences tell us when we've caught them lying through their teeth
3: uh, no no i i agree. you know i agree mm-hmm. i'm not saying i guess what i'm saying it's like uh it's it's just the these ideas these theories just get held on to so intently right uh all, all i'm saying is like i don't believe there's like let's let's hide evidence for for You know, all this, um, you know, whatever find, we're not really, uh, you know, down with. uh, But no, no, I agree with you, definitely. How
2: how do we explain the fact that there's no evidence that these giants really existed?
3: That's a good one. Uh, Isn't isn't,
2: isn't science based on fact?
3: (laughs) It's supposed to be. So where's the Uh, facts?
2: Where's the evidence? Where's the meat?
3: Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, mm-hmm. uh, that the, the, I just find it's, it's a real conundrum, you know, in investigating that this, um, phenomenon because when you read through the records and it's not just, uh, you know, the great chroniclers like Flavius Josephus, they talk about giant bones. They, there are all these accounts of the, the giant of Gabara, nine foot nine and 10 foot Chinese guards and, and over and over again, not just bones, but living giants uh, all throughout history Maximus Thrax, 8 foot 6
2: But how do we know Uh, that they really did exist if there's no evidence to support the claim? You know, uh, hey listen every kid believes that Santa Claus is going to be flying in the sky Christmas Eve delivering them gifts mm -hmm. and you know, we all know that's a bit of uh, wishful thinking but when, I, you know, we're just like the Easter Bunny. We know that.
3: I know what you're saying. It, it's, uh, I would say there's certainly evidence for uh, anthropological mystery that is out of the realm of, of normal. Uh, I guess let, let me throw this out there. Sure. Uh, there's a new human cousin that's been found called the Denisovans. Mm-hmm. And one of the main uh, arguments against the idea of giants is that, like, there was no way that science could have missed a lost race let alone a lost race of giants. Now, in uh, 2010 in Siberia, the Denisovans were found, Mm -hmm. the human cousins who interbred with Neanderthals and humans uh, 40,000 years ago. And the only evidence we have are two teeth that are so large, they thought they were the teeth of cave bears. They took them to the Max Planck Institute and sequenced them and realized that they are a human cousin that mated with us. And the head of evolutionary biology, Svante Pavo, at the Max Planck, just wrote a paper where they found a skull fragment that is exceptionally thick. And he is basically saying that uh, the Denisovans, uh, they look like they were of giant stature. We don't know exactly if they were eight, nine feet tall, but they appear to be absolutely enormous, interbred with with humans. And there is DNA among uh, populations in Australia, the United States, and South America. So. You know, to that point, uh, which was once considered uh, anthropological heresy, uh, it has now, you know, been substantiated by science that it existed. So,
2: you uh, know, yeah, it, it's, right. a, it's I, a
3: new um, uh, avenue of investigation.
2: All right, I, 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 uh, I agree with you that these teeth were found, the part of the skull was found, but without the rest of the, the skeleton... Maybe the maybe this person just had a big head, maybe it was well, a deformity. How can we say with any certainty that this is proof that giants existed? I'm having a problem with this.
3: They were different um individuals, not just one mm-hmm. there weren't um it wasn't any disease conditions uh but yeah, you need the long bones like the femur bones exactly. uh to uh you know indicate height mm-hmm. uh it, it's a it's a good indication. Uh, or it's a good start, you know, with the giant teeth and things like that. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to say that oh, I've seen the 11-foot right. skeleton. You know, I, I haven't. I All I could say is that I've seen quite a bit of evidence um, to indicate that there there's a mystery here, that there were populations that were much taller than fits with the out-of-Africa theory, which is now in its own, it, just like the Clovis Barry is dead, it's kind of like everybody's rethinking human origins. And I say that... <clears throat> um, you know i believe uh that giants are part of the history of, of you know of our past and uh yeah i'm not going to say oh i got a 10-foot skeleton in my my uh, sure. basement I'm, yeah
2: all right I'm, i've got a question for you when we come back from the news Exonation. our guest this hour is jim vieira and uh if you'd like to find out more about jim Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash GiantsOnRecord.com. This is the XO I am Rob McConnell and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Jim Viera is my special guest exonation. W. Facebook. com forward slash Giants on record. And uh, Jim is the, um, the author, along with um, Hugh Newman, of Giants on Record. Now, Jim, where can, uh, where can uh, your book be bought?
3: Uh, Amazon. Amazon.com.
2: All righty. Jim, we, before we went to the news, we were talking about the uh, skull fragment that was found in the two teeth. hmm And that kind of seems to, to support the theory or the hypothesis that Giants did exist.
3: Yes, it it does, but it it uh you need the long bones, you okay. need femur bones. I, I guess you know the point I'm making. It's it's not um oh uh I, I you need to believe this. It's mm-hmm. more like wor- it's worthy of further investigation. Sure, but I f- I feel like the idea of giants is tied up into this idea of the lost world. A lot of of uh these ideas like giants and little people, the great mm-hmm. flood, an ancient cataclysm. Uh, you know. Megalith builders who go back over ten thousand years old. All these things are starting to be verified uh, by science. Hobbits were found in Indonesia in two thousand three mm-hmm. uh, on the Isle of Flores. Yep. Three three foot tall human cousins. Gobekli Tepe in Turkey is about twelve thousand years old. A cataclysm occurred. A great flood occurred. Uh, and tied into this. You know, uh, the Rosicrucians, Freemasons, Theosophists, Edgar Cayce, Rudolf Steiner, religious documents and oral traditions all around the world uh, talk about giants. They talk about little people. They talk about a lot of these ideas of the lost world. Mm -hmm. So that's why it catches my attention. It's kind of a holistic story that giants seem to be part of. And that not only that, but we have lots of uh, documentation about this. But to your point, show me the 10-foot skeleton. I'm with you. Yeah. The, the case the case doesn't get solved until you have the remains. No question about it.
2: Isn't it true though that people, as we go back in time, were shorter and smaller than they are today?
3: That that's part of the um, the evolutionary theory that Australopithecines evolved into Homo sapiens. Right. And it did there was some pushback against that idea that that. Um, uh, it, it, You know, evolution, of course, is occurring. You can see it. Mm-hmm. But where humans came from is a different matter. And and uh, there are some who think humans were genetically engineered. I think uh, yeah. Watson from Crick and Watson, after examining the human genome, he said, the idea that this is a side effect of evolution is as uh, improbable as a hurricane hitting a dump but in once, creating 747.
2: But once again, we don't know everything. You know, we're, we're just on the cusp of trying to understand DNA, genome, quantum mechanics, quantum physics. Like, we're not there yet. So when a scientist says something that like that, where it can't be evolution, how the hell do they know that? They're only basing what, you know, they're basing their statement on facts that are only related on the experience and the knowledge of today. What happens if tomorrow something else is discovered to disqualify that statement
3: absolutely correct and and there's a lot of theories that mm-hmm. are just that there like even plate tectonics there's a lot of geologists who don't think that's the way the you know uh, geology works yeah. and it's it like anthropology and archaeology are educated guesses about the past it's not incontrovertible science that allows us to have a Skype call or a phone call it's different but Academics like to paint this broad picture that there's all these incontrovertible theories, and there just isn't. And nobody has a time machine. I guess what I'm saying is I do a comparative analysis of numerous sources, uh, not just modern science, to try to uh, sift through the, these similar details about the past. And these are the things that jump out, uh, the, the topics that I've talked about Um No, I'm with you. I don't have a lot of faith. There's a lot of ego and agenda in every walk of life, but especially in academia. Nobody wants to say, you know, okay, I accept your new theory after I've been teaching it for 30 years and wrote seven books about it and have tenure, you know? Sure.
2: Uh, Hence why people are taught today that Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas. Um, What (laughs) is the connection between giants and the alleged lost continent of Atlantis?
3: Well... The, the sources that are rattled off, uh, like the great mystics, Edgar Cayce, Rudolf Steiner, Madame Blavatsky, um, they all talk about, and the Rosicrucians and Freemasons, mm-hmm. their literature, they talk about Atlantis existing in the middle of the Atlantic and that a cataclysm destroyed it 13,000 years ago, like Plato told us, mm-hmm. and that giants and little people were supposed to be part of the population of Atlantis. Uh, so it has this mystical ancient connection. And then you go to these uh, the British Isles and they have all these myths and legends about, you know, lioness in high Brazil. And, and they have stories of like giant people coming who they considered malevolent or they bring culture. And it's the kind of same uh, myths and legends you find all around the world, the Great Flood and then giants showing up. Um, and, um, you know, in esoteric traditions, Atlantis uh, is considered a reality, and it was actually located from the Canary Islands to the Azor Islands uh, and all the way to the, to uh, Bimini.
2: And yet, where's the proof?
3: Uh, there is... Um...
2: About the Bimini Road?
3: No, no, I'm saying that oh. um, th- there's core samples that were done on the uh, mid-Atlantic range in the seventies by Soviet scientists around the Azores. And they revealed, reveal it's like the, the land, even though it was vastly underwater is, um, uh, was once above water about 15,000 years ago. Uh, You know, obviously the, that gets dismissed, like it's impossible that there was that much uh, plate movement. But once again, you get into these, you know, theories like plate tectonics and, you know, what I would say when you when you talk about proof, you talk about sites like Gobekli Tepe or Astonishing Stonework in Peru and Sacsayhuamán. that um, they all they have the similar iconography and um, engineering styles all around the world. Same iconography, same symbolism, uh, all these crater gods carrying strange man bags around the world and the uh, religious documents and missing legends basically talking about these beings showing up and restarting civilization and bringing like advanced geometry to China and the, like the, uh, the gods in Samaria, the Anunnaki, um, you have basically this common thread of advanced geometry, mathematics, and, you know, similar, um, um, cultural traits as far as a landmass that's been located, uh, in the Atlantic, uh, that hasn't been, that hasn't occurred yet. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so how can we take this, why do we pay so much attention to this if there's no evidence to substantiate it except a bunch of myths and urban legends?
3: Well, I'd say it's it's woven into a story about the past that um, it remains in the collective unconscious and it plays itself out in books and movies and shows like Ancient Aliens. And it just resonates with people, I think, because it's part of the Jungian collective unconscious. and. It's it's you know, there are two camps that uh, one alternative minded camp that had a lot of these ideas, these general themes are true about the past human uh, genetic intervention to, to create Homo sapiens on and on. Then there's a the scientific side amoeba to Homo sapiens to skyscrapers. There's no civilization. Everything goes in one direction. There's no cataclysm. So you have competing theories. And I just think, you know, society. Is fascinated with Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and Lost Worlds, because I think there is some validity to it. And once again, a lot of the things that were considered uh, heresies are have been now proven fact incontrovertibly by science. Uh, like I said, uh, floods and, and cataclysms. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, You know, like let's talk about the floods. I had a I had a uh, an archaeologist on the other night who unequivocally said the the flood was was localized. It wasn't a worldwide flood. And then when you get a scientist on and a climatologist on, they concur with the archaeologist because it is totally impossible for the water to raise that high around the world. So who, do, who does John Q. Public, like me, believe? If you guys in the scientific field and the archaeological field can't get on the same page, what does that tell us about the people that we're supposed to put our trust in when it comes to telling us the truth about the past.
3: Well, I think it's just, um, you know, people have agendas, they want certain things to be true, or they, you know, um, they can bend facts and they can um, jump off of theories that really aren't too sound and and make these these logic bridges that are really far to make them work. But, you know, something like, uh, you know, when I say flood, a great flood, uh, you know, there was a cataclysmic flood uh, in the United States, in North America, no question about it. Did all you know around the world, did this occur? No, but um, not necessarily, but there's massive flooding that took place 13,000 years ago in one event. It wasn't just localized flooding. There's all kinds of evidence. Uh, and, and I know skeptics and professionals have dragged their feet for a long time about this idea, but there's... Um, is mounting evidence that that it's true i just i don't think it's like
2: okay listen i've got to take yep. my final break please stand by Exonation. nation jim fierro is our special guest facebook.com forward slash giants on record and he along with hugh newman are the authors of giants on record i'll be back on the other side of this uh break as we wrap up this hour here in the exxon from our broadcast center and studios in hamilton ontario canada don't go away Jim Viera is our guest this hour, facebook.com forward slash Giants on Record, along with Hugh Newman. um, Jim has uh, written a book entitled Giants on Record. It's available on Amazon.com. When I was reading your intro, uh, let me just get to the point. Jim has investigated worldwide ancient stone sites, studied global indigenous and oral traditions, religious documents, Uh, The readings of the great mystics and the literature of the secret societies to form an alternative theory regarding the origins of civilization, a theory almost in perfect alignment with the readings of the famed sleeping prophet, Edgar Cayce. Now, what were those readings?
3: Well, Cayce was born in Hopkinsville, Kentucky in 1877. And he had an eighth grade education, but he would go into a trance state and give health readings for people it came about kind of organically um, and doctors and um, all kinds of professionals started sending him uh, his uh, you know their, their hopeless patients mm-hmm. because he had such a good track record and then Casey started to talk about Lost Worlds and Atlantis in his readings while he was talking about previous lifetimes of, of, of his patients so he eventually uh, kicked out 14,000 readings and 25 million words that's housed at the Casey Library. And Casey specifically talked about Atlantis and the different destructions and the last destruction being, in you know, 12, 13,000 years ago. So he gave all these readings about the past, about androgynous creator gods, polydactylism, six fingers and six toes, giants and the little people. And they match with pretty much with, with Plato, with Madame Blavatsky, Rudolf Steiner, uh, the Rosicrucians of Freemasons, they all say the same thing. They all talk about Atlantis existing. Mm-hmm. They all talk about creator gods yeah. who are androgynous. You know, So there's all these levels of specificity, and then you find these creator gods that are androgynous all around the planet. Mm-hmm. They're carrying like, these strange man bags like in Samaria uh, or Quetzalcoatl at the Olmec site in La Venta on the other side of the Atlantic. So there's all these le- levels of specificity aligned with this uh, kind of strange... In specific mm-hmm. uh, iteration of, of the past,
2: but no evidence.
3: Uh, well, I'd say there's it's hearsay. Know,
2: uh, it's hearsay. It's a it's a legend. It's a myth. It's a story. It's an oral tradition. That doesn't mean it's real. You know, uh, Plato. How come other philosophers and other people of the time didn't talk about Atlantis? It was only when Plato talked about it that the the myth, the legend, was born.
3: Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, Herodotus, who lived before Plato, actually talked about Atlantis specifically mm-hmm. before Plato was even born. So maybe Aeolian, Plato and maybe... Theopompus. There, there's a there's a host of the seven or eight other chronicles who also talked about uh, Atlantis as well.
2: But still, no evidence, no proof, hearsay. So why does this? You know, like at the end of the day, how does this help mankind or society? You know, how does it feed the hungry? How does it clothe the people who need clothes? How does it, you know, how does it take care of the sick? You know, why do so many people pay so much attention to these stories?
3: Well, I'd say that they're a part of humanity's past and that we had, you know, a cataclysm this 13,000 years ago. There's no question about that. Uh-huh. And that every, everything got reset back and we've lost a lot of knowledge. And, uh, you know, the Maya codices were destroyed. We lost the... Um, The Library of Alexandria and we wouldn't have this discussion if that was still around, I don't think. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think a lot of people get into these subjects, but it's kind of a way to get into metaphysics and quantum mechanics and spirituality. And with a lot of like Edgar Cayce's readings are all about like um, the holographic nature of reality. The Rosicrucians or the Freemasons, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you you treat others how you want to be treated because it's the unconscious messages you're sending to your own mind. there's a lot of like esoteric teachings and the the um, literature of all these uh, entities that are talking about this bizarre story of the past. And it's not about, uh, you know hyper materialism it's about the nature of the soul where did the universe uh, originate from is it a, a a dreaming delusion we're having here you know mm-hmm. how do you treat others like you want to be treated oh yeah that's in the like bible
2: that. so, that's that's in the bible too do unto others as you would yep. have them do unto you so that's nothing earth shaking and as far as as far as uh, casey is concerned wasn't his uh, one of his uh, predictions about Atlantis that it would rise from the Atlantic in 1960, between 1960 and 1967? And
3: it never did. Yeah, well, that's when the Bimini Road was found, and the uh, researchers point to that. I would say that Casey had uh, several predictions about the future mm-hmm. that never came to pass, like some, an Earth, uh, a pole shift in 1996, and he himself said uh, the, the, the the future... It's, you know, I look to his past readings and and try to verify them, which a lot of have been verified, like the Nile flowed backwards, uh, and the Essenes had women in their ranks. These things he predicted, uh, you know, about the past came true. But into the future, I wouldn't, you know, hold out any hope that anybody can uh, actively, you know, predict the future.
2: Okay, so if he did not predict the future, how come, once again, there are so many people who take everything he says as the word?
3: Um, well, he has a pretty good track record of uh, in the past uh, of of telling these uh, different stories of, of uh, the past that that when you go around, you look at evidence, you look at, um, you know, a variety of sources like like he predicted or he talked about the Americas were populated, you know, 25, 50,000 years ago. And now, and that was ridiculous way back when, and now it's being verified, Uh, you know, first it's a Clovis barrier. Now it's more in alignment with Casey. Casey predicted or talked about multi-regionalism, and now out of Africa is dead. And all these anthropologists are saying maybe multi-regionalism is how the human race came about, you know? So it's looking at the past uh, through his lens, you know, I don't want to be dogmatic about anything. I, I do a comparative analysis. I don't make up mm-hmm. my own theories. I just try to take all, what all these chroniclers and mystics are saying and secret societies and, and see if there's veracity there. You know, it's not like um, I have all the answers. I think, you know, looking into the past, I try to bypass the human ego and agenda. And oftentimes, like mystics or secret orders mm-hmm. do a better job than just, you know, some agenda-driven professional.
2: So would you say that the interest in giants, the interest in the um, esoteric and mysticism is something that has been personified by the New Age movement, the people looking for answers that they can't get through the established belief systems?
3: Uh, certainly, and it, it's become like a new religion on the mm-hmm. negative side like uh, Zachariah Sitchin and the Anunnaki You have a lot of people who are really dogmatic about that uh, But I agree. It's 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 like a, a full religion for a lot of new-age seekers, which I don't think is a bad thing I think At the end of the day, it, it's for me You know, it's the nature of the soul what the hell am I doing renting this this body for 70 or 80 years What's going on in time and space, um, you know? Those are the big questions to be asked. And I just think, you know, we want to know these questions and they don't get answered. They don't get answered by religion uh, for the most part. Organized religion certainly has never answered them for me. We don't get them. Our government just tells us to go shopping, you know. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, I think there's a a, a hunger, you know.
2: What happens? What happens if there is nothing? That this is all some kind of fantasy land that was created and maintained because people just can't accept that we're here today gone tomorrow and that's it
3: um well you you mean beliefs about the past or no, just beliefs
2: about you know the esoteric and and what the new oh, age yeah. new agers are trying to trying to get other people to believe in you know, life after death, communication, uh, and, and the list goes on and on and on. One yep. thing that I've learned over the years is that when it comes to any of these topics that we discuss here, there's never any proof.
3: Well, your personal experience is, is a good uh indicator you know I, I the the philosophy i study is like mm-hmm. pure non dualism and and you know it's taught by yogananda and jesus buddha plato uh loud say it's the idea that basically this is like plato's cave it's a dreaming delusion mm-hmm. and this isn't our real state and you don't fix the world you kind of awa- awaken from a world that's a freak show mm-hmm. and and it just it's it's like the gnostics say It's a false reality that we're trapped here in the matrix until we awaken from it Not as a separate like human stupid body hanging with an angry white guy in a throne in the sky But like this conscious awareness that is unchangeable and has no time or separation element to it So, you know when you say There's no proof for it. Mm -hmm. It's you know the the worldly proof it, It can prove things within inside the illusion very well, um you know, you you'll get your answers through experience, I guess. You know, I do like ayahuasca ceremonies with shamans. I'm, oh, there you <clears> go. I'll, I'll do anything for a good story and mm-hmm. and to try to you know find the truth. I just uh, you know your personal experience is a pretty good indicator. I just I just advocate.
2: Well, getting, I, I don't I don't mind. know I don't know if anybody can say they have a personal experience when they are under the influence of a psychedelic or or a drug or anything. To me, that's just escaping reality using chemicals.
3: Well, it's, you know, it's it's not unicorns and fairies. I, I find it's like, you, you know, you face a lot of your demons, you work through a lot of psychological garbage, you step out of your... What it, what it does is it represses your ego, so you kind of see with clarity. Uh,
2: All right, I hate to do this, but we've run out yep. of time for tonight. XO Nation, if you'd like to get more information about uh, Jim Vieira, visit his Facebook page at www.facebook.com. Got that so far? Facebook.com. Giants, forward slash Giants on record. I'm sorry, Exonation, Nation. I just don't buy it. I want evidence. I want proof. Talk is cheap. Show me the beef. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.
1: Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer, a combo meal, single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.